It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson and this is the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. On today's episode, I got Brock Vereen, former golfer, former NFL, current Big Ten Network analyst, on the road show. He was just in Minnesota this past weekend for the Purdue game. I saw him interview uh, Lawrence Maroney. But also, we have to talk Gopher football. It was Gopher's homecoming. Uh, Purdue came to town. And I think everybody assumed Aiden O'Connell and this Purdue team with Jeff Brom would just, you know, lay down. You look at the Gophers team and what they've done, how many yards they put up on the ground, uh, how efficient Tanner Morgan has been, how efficient this defense been, has been on third down. One of the top defenses in college football, not Big Ten, college football. But it slipped through their hands. But you know what? The Big Ten championship is still not out of reach. I'll explain how and why coming up next in the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm, I'm your host, Ron Johnson. As promised, like I said, Brock Vereen, former Gopher, NFL, and Big Ten Network analyst will join us. But we have to talk about Gopher football. They did lose on homecoming. And when you schedule somebody for homecoming, I know Purdue took that personal. I personally took it personal every single time. Penn State, Ohio State, whoever decided to schedule us for their homecoming. Okay, we're going to try to spoil it. I know Jeff Brom, even though he spoke wonder spoke beautifully about pj fleck he was coming to spoil homecoming he wanted to make sure fat cats got slaughtered he talked them up he made sure to say this is the toughest team we're gonna face and he had already faced penn state so he was singing high praises to pj fleck why because he hadn't beaten pj fleck he hadn't really had any success versus pj fleck so he felt the pain of what it felt like to lose to the gophers and they were kind of tired of it ain't aiden o'connell but i'll get into the Big Ten standings, and why it's not over for Gopher football just yet. But before I do, you can now find Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the app. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app to get all your favorite shows. You can get the Ron Johnson show, Superior Sports Talk. You can go watch and go back and watch the Hanging Around Johnson segments with Courtney Cronin, uh, whoever you name it, Spice Adams, we have it. Kenny Burns, Gophers running back coach. And to stick with the Gophers, as we jump into this a little bit, and I bring Sam Extraman, my producer. Sam, there's a little bit of a consternation with Gopher fans now. The Gopher fans mm-hmm. were already buying tickets for Pasadena. They were already buying tickets for Indianapolis mm-hmm. for the Big Ten Championship. Uh, the airlines were, were, were hiking prices up because the, the fans were all buying it. And then after the loss, you can now get a ticket to Indianapolis for 190 bucks because a lot of people don't think the Gophers can climb their way back. But if you look at the East standings, and is this going to come? I, I'm excited about this because it's going to come down to Michigan, Ohio State playing each other. And we keep saying Ohio State, but we have to remember Michigan has found a way to beat Ohio State time and time again. John Harbaugh has figured, or Jim Harbaugh has figured out a way to get it done in Michigan. So they're both at the top right now on the East. And then when you look at the West and and what that has to do with uh, the other teams on the West, you got Illinois, who is now number one in the Big Ten East, or Big Ten West, sorry, you got Northwestern, number two, Purdue, Minnesota, and this is the weirdest thing. 
Iowa and Wisconsin are at the bottom. Now, this is early. It's early in Big Ten play. They've only played two games in the in the conference. But Wisconsin is 0-2. Iowa's 1-1. Nebraska's 1-1. Minnesota's 1-1. Purdue's 1-1. Uh, Northwestern's one and one in Illinois. So at the end of the day, to be honest, it's all even. I mean, they're going to give it to Illinois right now. If you, I don't know why, because Minnesota's four and one, just like Illinois is four and one. So, but Purdue gets the edge in the conference because they have a better or they're tied and they beat Minnesota. They get the tiebreaker, but it's not over. The Gophers beat Illinois. If the Gophers beat Northwestern. Purdue still has a tough role. Like, let's not forget. Wisconsin and Iowa, I think, Iowa is just Iowa. I don't think they're going to get it together. But Wisconsin, I think by Jim Leonard taking over for Paul Chris, I think eventually they're going to get more of this defensive-minded. Uh, they're going to get a little bit fancy maybe in their play calling. Uh, but if you look at Purdue's, the rest of their way, okay, they can beat Maryland. They can beat Nebraska. But they have Wisconsin. I think by October 22nd, Jim Leonard's going to have this Wisconsin team playing a lot better. And then they have Iowa November 5th. Nothing against Brian Ferentz, but I just feel like Iowa is physically maybe bad. And then they still have to play Illinois November 12th. And they still have to play Northwestern. Now, Indiana, eh, that's the battle of uh, Indiana. They were Purdue and Indiana. But I just don't see that one being a struggle for Purdue. But it's a four game that could really help out the Gophers. And then you look at Northwestern. Same thing. Extremely boring conference to me, but they have Wisconsin coming up this weekend. So we'll see. Wisconsin can help out the Gophers. I don't think we've ever wanted to cheer for Wisconsin <laughs> until now. Like, I still want to see Wisconsin lose, to be honest. Like, I really want to see them lose. But I actually do want them to win this one because then that knocks Northwestern down a peg. They still have Iowa. They still have Ohio State. We know they're going to lose that one probably. Or not probably. They're going to lose that one. They have Purdue. So those two have to play each other. And they still have Illinois. And they still have the Gophers on November 12th. So it's not over. Like, it, it feels like it's, it's like gut-wrenching. Like, ah, oh, I can't believe this happened. But the two, the three teams in front of Minnesota right now all still have to play each other. And the other two still have to play Minnesota. So Minnesota's Big Ten championship hopes in the West are still in their, their – they're in control. Their 4-1 and one is not that bad. Yes, you didn't want to lose this one. You'd rather be undefeated right now. But – this is still a chance. They have a bye week to rest and get Mo Ibrahim back healthy. It's an ankle sprain. Uh, we saw what this offense looked like without Mo. It just did not have that same sizzle and pop. Uh, it was a, because college football doesn't have to diagnose and save the injury report. We know that. So who knows when the Gophers knew Mo was going to go. My guess is, because he was dressed, my guess is it was a game time decision to see, like, how's that ankle feel today? It wasn't worth the risk when you think about his NFL career. There's no reason to go out there and get hurt even more if you think the team can try to get through it, and they couldn't. So maybe they give him a, another week. That's two weeks of rest, and then he gets to come back next week, start practicing again, and get ready to get more Big Ten play. Hopefully he's back, because if not, then they're going to – I think they're going to struggle. I think they're going to struggle. Trey Potts is good. Bryce Williams is good. Bo was out last year, and the running backs eventually got it going. But the fact that that was mental, and they knew Mo was out, so they had to get going. Now it's like, well, he might be here. He might not be. It's a different mindset. We have always talked about that. When Alexander Madison knows Dalvin Cook is out, he's a beast. When Dalvin Cook goes out in the middle of the game, it takes Alexander Madison time to get going. But, Sam, as I go to this, and like I said, mm -hmm. it's not over for them. It's not. In your opinion, do you still think the Gophers are the best team in the West? Yeah, I kind of do because Iowa and Wisconsin might be the easiest games on their schedule the way they're playing right now. They've been pathetic. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't know who, except for maybe Penn State, is going to be, the way they're playing now, a difficult battle for the Gophers the rest of the way. Now, I said the same thing about Purdue. We thought they'd beat Purdue, um, and people got a little too overhyped, and there was kind of that inevitable letdown coming. And there were some really disappointing moments in that game, the drop touchdown, the turnovers, um, the big run at the end by the Boilermakers. That was all very sad. But I do think that P.J. Fleck has a way of getting this team to bounce back. He's done it before, and I think he can do it again. I think fans may need to temper the, the daydream about the college football playoff and any <laughs> kind of imagination they had about that. But the Big Ten is still there for the taking. This is a very mediocre division within it's the Big Ten. It's not over, Sam. It's not it's over. Not. The Gophers can still go to the NCAA football playoff if they win the Big Ten championship. They win the With Big Ten loss. championship. They have a one-loss team. One-loss team. They beat Ohio State or Michigan. They should be the fourth team in the playoff, Sam. I'm just saying it might not happen, but I'm just saying if they go the rest of the way, win out, and they win the Big Ten championship, there's no way you can't let a one-loss team in for Minnesota because you're going to have a one-loss uh, team. There's going to be other one-loss teams, though, and they're going to have they're going to have a better resume. The Gophers haven't beat you. Got to have the Big Ten in this. You cannot not have the Big Ten in this. The only way the Gophers don't get in if somehow they beat Ohio State by like one, and Ohio State still gets in is four because it still comes down to votes. I'm just saying it's not over yet. <laughs> but I, Sam, I you it. know what? <laughs> we got Brock Vereen coming up, former yeah. Let's Gopher ask him. DB. <laughs> we'll see what he thinks. And he's going to stick around for the Daily Three. But remember, Locked On Sports Minnesota gives you endless Vikings talk with local expert, experts. Get your daily 30-minute dose of sports with Care 11 Sports anchor Reggie Wilson going back and forth with co-host Luke Inman. It's fast. It's fun. It's superior sports talk. Your daily Minnesota sports show. And we have a word from our sponsors. And it's BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for football betting info this season. Find the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. That's NFL. It's NCAA football. MLB in the final days of the season. NBA and NHL ramping up in their preseasons. Can't wait for that. BetOnline.net continues to be your top sports wagering information source. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So coming up on the Ron Johnson Show with the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment, I got Brock Vereen, former gopher, former NFL DB, now Big Ten Network analyst. You might see him on the road show hanging out with all the stars. This past week he had Lawrence Maroney, so we'll talk to him about that. Brock, I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. So let me jump out there, man. Like, Lawrence Maroney, I got a chance to hang out with him in the uh, tailgate lots after our pregame show for the Gophers. Uh, and he had on the Barbaroni sweatshirt. He had a 21 on the front, 22 on the back, paying tribute to his boy, uh, Marion Barber. Uh, but when you when you guys, when the Big Ten Network had Lawrence Maroney on, man, what, what was his vibe like? Like, what was his energy like? Oh. What, what a special dude, man. You know, he came up to set during a break, so we had about two more segments before we uh, got to him. But, you know, we had five minutes of uh, commercial, so I go down, and I was just talking to We spent that entire five minutes, and then the next five minutes between the next break just talking about Marion and his impact on him. And, man, I mean, he, he was so inspired by him and clearly still emotionally uh, – devastated from the situation as as anybody would be but the most fascinating thing to me is 
him discussing their dynamic and how, you know, Marion was a year older. And when, when Lawrence came in, he said, you know, it was never a competition thing. It was never a, I got to get reps from this guy thing. It was, it was them understanding, yo, if we actually become cohesive, there's no break. Like we have a similar running style and there's no third down back first and second down back. It's just, Hey, whoever's in is trying to run through your face. And it's a rare thing, especially in today's NFL, you have your traditional first, second down back and you got your third down back. Why they stand out in college football history is because it was a rare situation of no matter who is back there, they're going to have fresh legs and they're going to try and run me over. Yeah, man. And so when I looked at your bio, you know, you had the silky curls back in the day with the Bears, and now you got the the nice, clean-cut look. <laughs> Why'd you cut the silky curls off? It's time to grow up, man. It, 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 it was time to grow up. I had grown those dreads for about three years, I want to say. Uh, they were going, and I liked it. A huge problem with it, too, is – the weekend started growing his hair out, right? So the 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 uh, the weekend had these like crazy dreads going on. Then he shaved them. Then I had dreads, and then the weekend regrew his. So everybody kept coming up to me like, "Oh, you got that weekend thing going on?" I'm like, "No, the weekend <laughs> had a mini fro. Like he was clearly gonna grow his hair back out, but I beat him to the punch. I got so sick, especially being out here in LA. Everybody thinks you're trying to copy some celebrity. I was like, you know what? My grandma's sick of the hair. I'm tired of being called the weekend. It's a new chapter in my life. I'm done playing. Hair's got to go. <laughs> I just saw the picture. I'm like, oh, man, he got the, at the silky smooth look. When you think about your time in the NFL, um, what was that transition like going from college to pro? It was huge. I, I will say this, though, and my brother is the first one that pointed it out, so I'll give him the credit. The jump from – High school to college is three times the jump from college to pro, right? Because high school to college, it's a physical jump as much as it is a mental jump, right? Like if you run defense at a, at a at a top high school, even so you got 12 different plays or something like that. You go to college, it's not just the terminology. It's not just the understanding. It's not just, hey, you actually need to learn two or three positions. And also you're going to be on every single special team because you're a freshman, Right. It's also just the speed of it. I, and uh, a 17 or I was 17 when I was a freshman at, at Minnesota. And you're playing against some 21, 22-year-olds. That gap physically and mentally is way bigger than the gap of being 22 years old going up against a 30-year-old, right? Like that's right. just how yeah. science works. So the jump was a big one from, from college to NFL. But having a brother who had already went through it and – Someone who I could ask any question about on the field, off the field. And I had been watching his tape. So just being able to see things from an NFL eye. So I probably had a leg up there as well. But I, I, I tell everybody that jump from high school to college is, is light years bigger than that jump from, from college to pro. Yeah, and your brother, you know, running back, uh, playing in the NFL. Uh, what, what did he kind of help you with? Like, because, you know, he had been there. He, he had been on some good teams. What did, what did he help you with as you were coming out? I would say access, first off. Just, you know, still being in college. He was in his fourth year in the NFL when I got drafted. So there were three years of college where uh, bye weeks or winter break, summer break, whatever, 
it was just the access that I had to see other NFL guys like him and Julian Edelman were roommates and seeing how hard they worked, how, how they watched film and just being around their locker room and, and seeing practices, seeing how to be a pro and seeing, okay, you can be yourself. You can have your fun, but when it's go time, these guys switch a gear and, and it's never personal, but it is, I'm giving you my best every single day, whether I, I, I'm trying to embarrass you every single play in hopes that it makes you a better player come Sunday. That was one thing. The second I would say is his balance of, hey, football is important. It is paying the bills and I'm trying to leave a legacy here. But he always made time for family. He always made time for friends and understanding, yes, this is the most important thing going on right now, but you have to be a person as well. You do need to take a time every now and then to do something else and get away. You can't just be watching film 50 hours every single day, you know. So that's where I would say he he, he helped me a ton. And, and so your brother running back, your safety, uh, one-on-ones. Like, who gets the best of who in what? Because we know linebackers and running backs have to go against each other, and safeties have to drop down in the box sometimes with tight ends and running backs. One-on-one, you and your brother, who gets the best of each other? I'm winning every time. I'm winning every (laughs) single time. And I was bummed my rookie year. We went to New England, got smacked around. Um, But there was a play that (laughs) I was in the middle of the field, Technically, I had the uh, the uh, middle third, but I was keying on him. I Again, I had been watching their offense for, for four years now. I knew it was coming, mm-hmm. and I knew the route that was coming. I saw him plant his outside foot, cut to the middle. I broke on it. I can't remember if Tom got hit or, or his arm got hit, but the ball came out low. It was at his feet, but that play was dialed up. I was ready for it. If a better ball gets delivered, I would have physical proof to show you. <laughs> And so I'm guessing he would say opposite. He would say he would have left your cleats. He would on, say the exact the opposite. We, 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 we were talking trash the entire game. I was, it was me or our other safety ride Monday who would cover him mostly because to his credit, you couldn't cover him with just a uh, outside linebacker. So we did have our DBs on it, but man, I, I, I think often if there was a better ball uh, on that uh, play. <laughs> and looking at, you know, the Chicago bears storied, uh, uh, team, uh, big, you know, big legacy. And now where the Chicago bears are, uh, when you see Justin Fields transition, great, like one of the best college quarterbacks we've seen. And then he has struggles in the NFL. Would you put that to scheme or is that a coaching staff that just doesn't know how to use his talents? It's, it starts with an offensive line. When he drops back, he has two seconds at best to throw the football, right? Now, mm-hmm. when you're a rookie, it's already going to take you longer to diagnose a defense. It's already going to take you longer to adjust with a good offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. Now that you are running for your life every single play, and, you know, there's the whole cliche phrase of seeing ghosts, right? Well, you can't blame him for doing so. His entire rookie year – he, he had one second, then he was able to scramble for another second before saying, you know what, I don't have time, I have to tuck and run. So all the criticism that Eberflus is getting in regards to why aren't they throwing the ball, why aren't they opening up the offense, they can't. They, 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 they literally can't throw the football because he doesn't have time to right. do so. 
And it's unfortunate because as a quarterback, right, it's unfair, but the higher you're taken, oftentimes, actually all the time, the less likely you're put in a position to succeed. Look at Trevor Lawrence last year. Look at Justin Fields. You go to a, a, a team drafted you early because that draft pick, right? So it's going to take time. And unfortunately, that stigma, it, it gets so hard to shake early on and it gets ingrained in you as far as I only have two seconds of football, even if the offensive line does have a good play mentally your 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 mental clock is already short so it's it's why the the uh, draft is the way that it is the worst teams get the better players but unfortunately the reverse of it is the better players go to the worst teams if that offensive line doesn't <laughs> get figured out if they can't get him time it doesn't matter how good the run game is it doesn't matter if the defense figures it out you can only do so much right yeah, and so looking at your time at Minnesota, you played for Jerry Kill, recruited you, bought you in, got you drafted to the NFL. Um, you're in the Big Ten world, so you know everything that goes on between him and P.J. Fleck. Um, when he makes comments like, yeah, people don't realize how hurt I was when I had to leave Minnesota, which he wasn't fired. It was his health. Um, and he makes comments like, you know, I, I really want Minnesota to do well. What do you think really is the underlying or was the underlying? Because it seems like it's kind of died down now. Was the underlying issue? Uh, was it just that Jerry was like upset about Coach Clay's probably not getting to keep the job? Uh, or do you think it's just, you know, him not being able to verbalize what really was going on and he just took it out in the wrong spot, which was P.J. Fleck? There's a brotherhood in coaching, right? Like there's a hundred something college schools. There's 32 NFL teams, but at the end of the day, everybody kind of knows everybody. And mm -hmm. there's an understanding of, Hey, if we came up together or if I helped you out, or if you know my guys and I know your guys, well, if there's a tight end spot open, I'm sorry, a tight end coaching spot open. If there's a D mm -hmm. coordinator spot open, and it comes down to another guy, one of my guys, there's a general understanding of you should at least give my guy a shot for the interview, right? Okay. Now, of course, Fleck's first job, I, I believe it was his first job, was coaching receivers. Maybe his first major job was coaching receivers for Jerry Kill. Fleck works up the ranks. He turns around Western Michigan. Coach Kill and Coach Clay's leave. There is an expectation of, hey, you don't have to – I mean, you can bring some of your own guys, but, you know, I would love or maybe I'm expecting you to at least give my guys a shot to interview. What we have to remember is Minnesota needed a clean slate. There was a whole lot of legal issues going on at that time. And yep. from an image standpoint, one, it would be better to just have a clean slate and also, Fleck was rolling. He had an 11-win season at Western Michigan, and he had his guys with him. So I, I, I see both sides of it. Now, I don't agree with how Coach Kill handled it. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I will never go with the side of burning a bridge where you've had so many great memories and where you did help turn around a program. But I do understand why he felt, hey, I gave you your first shot. You need to give my guys an interview. And I understand okay. Coach Flex saying, hey, look, we had an 11-win season as a MAC team, and there were some legal issues. It would make most sense to have a clean slate. Uh, they shook hands. What was that, week one, week two? Week two? No, that was week one um, at midfield. They had a conversation. I would imagine that the chirps from Coach Kill would die down um, from this point forward. I would hope at least. 
Yeah, that's what it seems like. And that, and that makes total sense. I didn't even think about the interview inside of it that could have bothered him too. So, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Well, Brock Vereen's going to join me in the Daily Three, the part of the show I love the most. That's three questions, three minutes each. We're both going to take a shot at it. Sam's going to throw it out there. He might give us points if we have a good uh, answer. Might not. Who knows? We know Sam just likes to cheat anyway for Courtney Cronin from ESPN because <laughs> that's his favorite. Um, but no make sure you guys Sam. check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game, our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with Team Insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel, but you can also download on the Amazon Fire and Roku apps now. Locked On Sports Minnesota. Find it there. All right, let's jump into this, kind of continuing what we talked about in the first segment. And, Ron, of course there are points at stake. That's going to be a new thing now. Um, I, let's talk a little Big Ten West. I would like your three likeliest teams to win the Big Ten West ranked. So give me a one, a two, and a three. Brock will give you the first crack at it. Let's build some suspense. We're going to start with three. I'm going to go Purdue at number three. Purdue is three plays and about 15 penalties away from being undefeated if they can clean up the penalties, which is a big if. If they can clean it up, they they, they have a window in there. Two, I'll go Minnesota. Um, the disappointing thing in last week's loss is, yes, Mo Ibrahim was not, Mo Ibrahim was not there, but Bryce Williams is a dang good running back. Trey Potts is a dang good running back. So them not being able to push that Purdue line, them not being able to stop the Purdue run game, Purdue's running the ball all of a sudden was disappointing. So that's why they're at number two. Number one, I'm going Illinois. I I I created I I I committed a Minnesota sin by claiming Brett Bielema to be the Big Ten coach of the year for our Big Ten predictions for the network. I'm sorry, I apologize, but. This team's locked and loaded, and right now they have an inside track. Whoa. Ah, okay, okay. I, I'm, I'm kind of right. similar with you there. I'm similar with you there. Um, I I kind of agree with that. So this is where I'm going to go with it, though. I My third one, I, and I don't, can't believe I'm going to do this, I just think somehow, some way, they might find a way to sneak up, but they're only going to finish like third, Wisconsin. I think Jim Leonard yeah. yes. is going to yeah. get this team yeah. turned around. Uh, with his young youthfulness, you know, you think about Sean McVay, you think about LaFleur, you think about Kevin O'Connell. Like, I think that's what Wisconsin was thinking by getting Paul Chris out, who Paul Chris reminds me of, like, somebody that reads bedtime stories to their grandkids and never, like, wants to read a scary story. Like, he just seems like a very vanilla guy who, when he goes against ice cream, it's just ice cream. Like, don't give him whipped cream or cherry <laughs> sprinkles, nothing. He just wants the vanilla ice cream in a cup. Vanilla he doesn't even want a waffle cone. He doesn't want to, he doesn't even want a, a waffle cone. He just wants vanilla ice cream. That's it. Just give me vanilla. Can we mix chocolate? No, just give me vanilla. And so that's what Paul Kirsten, my Jim Leonard is a guy that came from the Ravens. So, you know, he's going to do some rocking and rolling now. He's going to have a lot more freedom on special teams. The Ravens were known for their special teams games. And so he's going to, I think he's going to start to get that, that in there for the pump block because we know at the end of the day, the head coach makes the call on that. And that's where we go with that one. Two, I got to go with Illinois. I got to go with Illinois, but before I go with Illinois, I'm going to put Minnesota too. I think Minnesota is going to climb back up there. They have an easier role than these other teams. I already named off in the first segment who uh, Northwestern has to play, who Purdue has to play. I think they have a harder way to go, and they all, Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, all have to still play each other. So that's what the Big Ten does. We cannibalize each other. So Minnesota's too, because I think Minnesota's next toughest test is Penn State, and then Illinois, of course. And then after that, 
is going to be kind of, not saying easy role because we thought Purdue was easy and they lost that one. And then I got to go with you. I agree with that. Illinois right now, Brett Bielema, it, it seems like, and maybe Wisconsin just sucks, but it seems like this is a really good team. They are putting the fear in people and we'll see what they look like this coming weekend and the next like three. I think the next three weekends for Illinois is really going to tell us who they are. Some good arguments there. Um, man, though, for Brock to come in and leave out Iowa and Wisconsin with those first those first. I three, will say this. Just... I will say this. I will say this. One, Wisconsin's going to get back on track. They're excited. They're pumped up. They're rejuvenated. Two, this is the worst that Iowa's offense has been, but we do this every year. No one th – there's yeah. never been a college football season in history where through four weeks we're saying, man, Iowa's offense is rolling. First four weeks, people write off Iowa because their offense stinks, and then you look up in Thanksgiving and you're just like, when did Iowa get nine wins? This is what always happens. Mm -hmm. I can't put them to win the West because, again, this is the worst the offense has been. They're going to a bowl game, and they're going to ruin somebody's season. You just have to hope it's not yours. Yeah, I Iowa football reminds me of Wisconsin basketball. Wisconsin basketball, which just has the hideous <laughs> offense, but then they just defend well and they, you know, win yeah. the Big Ten. Uh, next question in the Daily Three. Uh, C.J. Stroud, I want your best 90 seconds on C.J. Stroud, Ohio State. Obviously highly touted to go to the next level. Um, the latest in a line of Ohio State quarterbacks to play in the NFL. What do you think about C.J.? I had the opportunity to cover CJ in high school. Before I jumped to the Big Ten Network, I was doing the high school games out here in L.A. Uh, for Fox Sports. I saw him as a sophomore when he took the reins at Rancho Cucamonga. And what his high school coach said then is still true now. He's poised. He's never high. He's never low. He doesn't slam his helmet. He doesn't even celebrate. He, he's so cool, calm, and collected at all times. He reminds me of Jalen Hurts in that way. He's just a, a steady Eddie guy. He has the arm strength. What I love about him, too, he is an incredible athlete. You rarely see him take off and run. Rarely. And Ohio State's offensive line was not good last year. He usually a young guy with legs like that who can scoot. The second their first read isn't open, they take off running. He, he, he has no panic in him. He can run, but he doesn't. How will he do in the NFL? He'll change the narrative of Ohio State quarterbacks because he just doesn't panic. Go back to that Minnesota game last year. The most impressive thing was his very first college game under the lights. Your defense is, is getting ran through by some guy named Mo Ibrahim, and he comes out in the second half and lights it up. He's just too poised. He will be a fine NFL player. I think Jalen, or Jalen, CJ Stroud. <laughs> um, CJ Stroud reminds me of, like, I agree, Jalen Hurts. Like, he has that ability to move when he has to but he's not looking to move like if you ask me to move coach fine i'll move in the pocket i'll run i'll get you five six seven yards but i have an arm like don't don't forget that i have an arm he's smart it seems like he's figured this offense out but this is what's sneaky about this this team julian fleming is like wide receiver three and at six to 205 pounds he's <laughs> gonna be an nfl caliber receiver like, that's what's the sneaky thing about this team is, I mean, you can worry about Marvin Harrison Jr. in the Apple Watch. You can worry about Amike uh, Ibuka. Uh, but then you, you, you forget about Julian Fleming. You also forget about Cade Stover. Like, this is yeah. a team full of weapons. And when you watch C.J. Stroud, I forgot what game I was watching, but he threw, like, laser beams. It felt like Iron yeah. Man had put the arm on him and said, hey, go have it. I'm dead now. 
you can have it. Like when 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 Iron Man died, hopefully you guys have seen that movie. If not, sorry, I ruined it for you. But Iron Man is dead. Whoa! It, it felt like you know, like Captain America gave his shield away. Iron Man uh, has given his arm away to this quarterback C.J. Stroud. Like he is the new Iron Man in Avengers reboot. Like that kid has an absolute cannon. Now the one thing, and and we talked about it with Courtney Cronin from ESPN yesterday, is like, is his career or his draft status going to be based on what Justin Fields does? And that's what scares everybody. Is it is it Ohio State's offensive weapons or is it their quarterbacks? Because none of their quarterbacks, you know, rest in peace, uh, you know, and then also, you know, you got Cardale, you got all those guys. Nobody's ever really done anything, you know, all the way back to Steve Belisari. Like, it's just yeah. always been the Ohio State weapons that go to the NFL and do well, but not really the quarterbacks. And so I think people are wondering, can C.J. Stroud finally break this mold? All right, 10 points to Ron for the Marvel analogy and 15 yeah. points to Brock <laughs> for correctly saying Rancho Cucamonga. I think that's what you said. <laughs> Last one. Which team wins more NFC North titles in the next five years? Brock, your Bears, or Ron? Our Vikings. Let's go with Brock first. Uh, it's 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 the Vikings. Now, the ceiling is limited. If we take the last five years as a sample, we'll we'll to 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 judge the next five years. I'll use the last five years. If you look at this Vikings team objectively, you say a playoff team when they play well, but the ceiling might be limited. But eyes could see some NFC North championships, and there it is strange that they're. They're leading the NFC North, but it doesn't feel like it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's a strange, too many, too many errors there. Uh, but timing is everything. With Chicago, they don't have an identity, right? Like the Vikings at least have an identity. A team that's going to get in their way sometimes. A team that's still trying to get back to that aggressive defense from say three or four years ago, and an offense that's going to make mistakes at crucial times and struggle in the red zone. But at least they have an identity. They can run the football. They have one of the best young wide receivers out there. And they have a, maybe another steady Eddie at, at Kirk Cousins. How do you define the Bears? I mean, every single year, it's the same things over and over and over. I have to go with the Vikings. Oh, man, this is actually a tough one. And this is why. Now, it used to be the NFC Central. Brock's probably too young to remember that. I remember that because I remember being a college athlete going to Tampa Bay versus Vikings games because Tony Dungy and my dad were teammates. So Tony Dungy would invite me to come to the hotel, hang out with the team, be on the sideline, get to watch Keyshawn Johnson and and, and, and Warren Sapp and, and these guys go. And so they won the NFC Central back in 1999. The Lions have not won anything since 1993, I was 13 at the time. I don't even know if Brock was born. And so since then, so you say the next five years, the last since 2015, the Vikings have won twice, the Bears have won once, and the Packers have won three, or no, four times, sorry. So in the last six years. So if you think about this year and the next five after that, I got to go with the Vikings for the simple fact it's only two to one. Now, technically, if we go 2016 and on, it's one to one. Packers have dominated four of them, and the Bears and Vikings both have one. So it's honestly a tie. Like, it's going to be the Packers most likely until Aaron Rodgers quits. And I think that's the key. When Aaron Rodgers quits the Packers, because it feels like he's about to, who's going to take over in the NFC North? 
Is it going to be Justin Fields or is it going to be some other quarterback because Kirk Cousins can't stay with Justin Jefferson wanting $200 million? So I think that's going to be the key is who are these quarterbacks in the next five years? I think Aaron Rodgers is going to go away and create like a business uh, selling ayahuasca to older quarterbacks. And then you're going to have these new young guns come in. CJ Stroud might be the Vikings quarterback if, if they can tank for CJ. I don't know if they can. Um, <laughs> this year? But dang, just go ahead. Just turn it in now. Let's, you know what? Let's just, if Dalvin Cook can't really keep going, if Justin, if this offense yeah. doesn't go, hey, let's just tank for CJ. Mail let's it go in. ahead and move Kirk Cousins on. <laughs> Mail it in. Let's get CJ Stroud, you know, top five pick. But no, I, I, I definitely agree. I would say Vikings because Kevin O'Connell is going to have Kirk Cousins for at least two more years. Uh, I just think the Bears are going to be in a rebuild. They're going to rebuild that stadium. They're going to have to rebuild that team. And, uh, yeah, I got to go with Vikings. Ron, you're kind of like the Washington Generals in this little contest because I'm always going to give it to the guest. Brock with more <laughs> points because he has immacul immaculate video quality. Wow. <laughs> Just looking pristine in L.A. Thank oh, you, where is that L.A. Internet, man? Everybody's yeah. out like in the, in the restaurants and, you know, Minnesota, everybody's at home on their computers. You know, in L.A., they're at the restaurants. They're out there in the wild trying to be social media lights. Hey, look, we don't have water, but we got Wi-Fi. <laughs> well, that's Just doing for the Ron Johnson Show today. I want to thank Sam Ekstrom, Brock Reed. I want to thank Matt DeBritz on the keys back there. Uh, and always remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. Also, download the Amazon Fire and Roku apps you can find it is minnesota or sorry it's locked on sports minnesota you can find the app on amazon fire and roku and you can also find all of our videos on the minnesota youtube the locked on sports minnesota youtube channel thank you have a great day Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.